hello and welcome to a special edition of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. I'm Amy McDonald, yoga student, teacher, and yoga business coach. In this special episode, I'm taking you inside the Business of Yoga speaker series where you'll meet yoga teachers, experts, and entrepreneurs from all over the world. I'm not kidding. We're going to Melbourne, Singapore, London, Barcelona, San Francisco, New York, and more talking all things growing your yoga business. I hope you love learning from my guests as much as I enjoyed interviewing them. And if you do, please leave a review for this podcast. Enjoy. Hey folks, it's Amy McDonald here. Can you believe it? We're almost at the very end of the Business of Yoga speaker series and I can't tell you how excited I am to finish up uh, these beautiful collection of interviews with a very special guest from my own country. I love that. Folks, please join me in welcoming Tamara Graham to the Business of Yoga speaker series. And is all the way over the other side of Australia in Perth. Welcome. Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm good. I really, I am so delighted that we get to finish up someone who has an accent similar to mine. That's just great. <laughs> by, by two weeks of listening to me, hopefully people will be able to understand you now. It's great. Yeah. Although, although you've spent quite a time in New York, so I, I imagine you've buffed off the corners of your uh, I don't know. I, I did teach there for a long time and I didn't realise this, but I used to say, um, good on you at the end of class. And I didn't even realise I was saying it, but, um, but after like probably two years of teaching this one group that I taught three times a week, right, they said to me, so anyway, Tamara, what is, or Tamara, anyway, what does, uh, what does good onions mean? Why do you say good onions? God, I've been saying that. I didn't realise I even said good on you. Like, it took me a while to work it out. And then I was like, no, no, I mean good on you. <laughs> good onions. And also just because, like, in yoga there's only bad onions. So maybe you had some secret wisdom and they've been waiting two years to get the good onions. <laughs> it kind of shows, you know, when people are new to yoga, how many, how many phrases that we don't know or we just take for granted. <laughs> You know, I think you're right. I always love it when, from my tradition, the phrase "root to rise." Like every time someone would say it, I would lose it and then grow up, Amy. Seriously, you're going to laugh about that, but it would always, it would always make me giggle. Like that's how I prefer to do it. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. All right, so folks, I'm going to read you out Tamara's professional bio because I am going to try very hard to be professional about this. She's got heaps to share with us and is outrageously successful in what she's doing. So here we go. I love this. Oh, Tamara is a yoga lover. Spreading peace, love and joy is her jam. She loves that amazing people who feel the same way are surrounding her in her life. At this point, her business has grown from just her in an empty church hall we love that type of teaching, to now two huge studios in Perth with more than 50 classes a week, 30 Tamara yoga, teacher, yoga teachers. You're, they're in schools, businesses. There's hundreds of Tamara yoga teacher training graduates. Amazing. Um, there's retreats, domestic, overseas. And I want to know more about this. Tamara yoga is acknowledged as a mind-body visionary, putting, us, putting them in the top 30% of studios worldwide. My goodness. <laughs> 
Tamara says she started teaching because her friends asked her to, and she still feels like she's just teaching her friends now. She loves her studio, the wonderful students and community that she has created and is a part of. When she moved back to Perth from New York, she envisaged creating a beautiful sanctuary like a family home, inviting and warm, filled with the treasures that enhances people's lives. She's, she dreamt of shaping the benefits of authentic yoga with as many people as possible sharing, beg your pardon. She feels truly blessed to be part of the Ishta lineage. You want to know more about that? A perfect tradition of genuine yoga, an unbroken chain that stretches back generations and across continents. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I mean, that, as for, from, from an interviewer's perspective, that, I'm really excited. There's so much for us to talk about here. You know, one of the things that, that really... Um, comes through in your bio is that um, the sense of community and connection and that your growth and the and the size of your you know 50 and 30 and it really how you describe it it sounds like you're looking to foster people coming together like that's the ultimate goal and I love that yeah yeah that that's very important to me I actually think it's important to everybody. Me too. Um, I think we all need to, we, we need to, um, I mean, you know, yoga connection. We all need connection. And, um, and I think that people can sometimes get this idea that, um, you know, that it's like, I don't know, I was actually talking about this in class the other day, but if you think of anyone that anyone, any of us would know as, um, as, a, as a famous person. And I said to my class, um, tell me someone you think of as, as famous. And, um, they said, and someone said Oprah. And I said, okay, so imagine Oprah, right? And we, think, we tend to think of her as, as separate, as, as one person, right? But actually, like if you've, I don't know if you've ever watched a television show being produced, but look how many people are involved in the production. And, you know, I mean, obviously she was interviewing people so, so so there was that and there was, and there was the whole life, all the people that connect into the person's life that she was interviewing. And then there's the audience and all of the people that connect to them. And then there's everyone that's watching it. And, and there, it never is, you know, like that John Dunn quote that no man is an island. Like we never are really by ourselves. In fact, that's when we suffer when we think we're by ourselves. And I mean, maybe it's my Irish background, but I think it's really um, it's really important for us to have time together, and and it doesn't always have to be talking time. Actually, just being in community together really really is important, and and I think it's you know it's it's absolutely essential for our happiness. I love that. I was reading something the other day actually about the importance of the connection and the bond that happens when you aren't talking. You are just like sitting on the sofa and reading a book with somebody or walking the dog and not talking. And of course, that's what you do in yoga. You're doing yeah. exactly that. You're bonding with people by being in shared space without, without talking. I never thought of it like that. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. That companionship. Yeah. 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 And of course, you know, it's nice that people have their own practice at home. And I think that is, that is important. It's just that um, there is also some intangible that happens when we're together and and I just I also really love beautiful spaces. I'm sure everybody does, and and so that's been part of something that's been important to me to have like a sanctuary feeling. So that mm. maybe it's because I did I, I had moved from home and lived in New York, and and I lived in Sydney for quite a while, and 
and I remember when I first went to Sydney that I had this real sense of loss and I realised it was a sense of loss of my community, even people whose names I didn't know, mm. just like I went to the shops and I didn't, I just, everything was sort of foreign and, mm. I, and I found it, I mean, I actually cried every day. I found it really mm. hard. And maybe that sort of has inspired me to create a home for people so that they feel welcome because I think we all need that and, and really want that. You do hear, I remember being driven all over Tucson by this guy called Ray who was in his 70s, covered with very good yoga tattoos. And, you know, he was telling me about how he was lonely and he was an alcoholic and he was homeless and then he found yoga. Like you hear these stories all the time about I was disconnected, I was isolated and then for some Shaktipat moment I decided to take a yoga class and now I have friends and now I have a reason to go join people and now I have someone to invite out for tea. Like it's, yeah. it extends so much beyond the studio. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I actually taught a retreat once and I had about, I don't know, four or five women there and I thought they'd all gone to school together because they were really good friends. And then when we were um, having dinner, I we were chatting and, and I realised that they'd all met at yoga. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, that is the best. You know, how nice is that? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's just at, at, your, at your yoga? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, isn't that great? It's so cool. I, I often think, like, who gives a shit actually about, I mean, I'm going to tell you if your hands are wrong in down dog. Sure, that's my job. But actually, I don't care. The fact that you're swapping jam with someone after class, that makes me excited. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I agree, Amy. But I don't know that everyone does. Yeah. I think there's some, you know, like, that. that's my opinion and, and I'm guessing it's yours too. I do think some people don't think that they think that it's meant to be really silent you're not meant to talk to anyone when you go in the in yes. there and, um and just that isn't my vibe <laughs> I don't like I, I'm sure it maybe it's really helpful for some people so you know mm. that's fine it's just yeah I, I think maybe it, it depends on what <laughs> I guess it depends on what it is that you're looking for I can there are times when I love that I know I can walk into the meditation space and no one talks and I don't look at anybody or I can have the pin, like at the ashram, I can have the pin that says, get the fuck away from me. Actually, it says, I'm in silence. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like there are times when you don't want to, but when you do, it's great to know that yoga provides a place where people can come. Yeah, to be to just be themselves and what yeah. they feel like right then. That's, yeah. that's, yeah. I'm curious to know about, from you being a teacher who did the whole renting of the church hall thing, to now having, I'm going to call it an empire, lucky purr. Um, <laughs> you can have good ones. But my question is, people, sometimes people will say to me that they're nervous about losing that sense of connection if the class gets too big or if they bring on another teacher to work with them. Or how, having played in both spaces and been on the journey from one to the other, well, yeah. I'd love to know your take on how do you maintain that sense of connection when things are expanding? Mm. Well, um, I, I actually think that there's, that there's more connection for me having other teachers who, yeah. who are teaching with me because, um, you know, they're, yeah, they're my friends. And um, I know that when I first started teaching the church hall, I felt such a sense of pressure that I could, like if my child was sick, yeah. what was I going to do? You know, I didn't have yeah. someone to teach for me. Um, and, you know, I did I did try to get sometimes other people to teach for me, but because they'd been trained in a different way, people, you know, they, 
you know, people like what they're used to as well. And so they, um, you know, people would stop coming. It was just, it wasn't great. You know, like I, it, um, I mean, I didn't choose to start running teacher training programs. I probably, um, it wasn't something I aspired to, but I had students who asked me to do it. Um, and I mean, that's a, that's a whole nother subject, right? Cause all of that stuff is huge. Um, it's just that the way it turned out, I'm really glad that it has. I'm, I, I love the, all the teachers here. It's, um, it's real. I mean, I've been at the birth of, of, um, you know, some of their babies, you know, so it's like, we're like talking about family, like we're family. So, so to me, that's like, more sense of connection not less by having other teachers but see they've all studied with me they've all done my teach training for two, at least two years mm. and them, like some of them have been students of mine since they were teenagers yeah so, wow so um or, or older so so you know so I know them and I know their families and we're really close so so to me we've increased connection it might be different if say you open a studio and you just like get random teachers that you've never met and they've all done different trainings and, and so on, that, that, that possibly could be a different experience, but I don't know that experience. The other thing that um, I find is that it, sometimes having like bigger classes, it's sometimes easier to communicate um, subjects in a way that sometimes it's harder to do one-to-one because sometimes like one-to-one, it might seem like oh, I'm just telling you what to do, whereas in a big class, it's sort of, it's sort of um, it, the whole space helps in a way. And I think it allows for that sort of processing that it's kind of hard to explain, but it, uh, you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. I never thought about it like that. I guess if it's just you and me and you're giving me some global teaching about, I don't know, desire and desirousness, I'm going to take it very personally for exactly. good or bad. But if it's sort of to 30 people, then I'm going to pick the bits that strike the thing with me and I'm going to just leave the rest. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so in a way that makes it kind of deeper in a way. Because you are taking the pieces that are resonating for you specifically. Yes, yeah. Rather than going, I don't like this as a blanket. Or, or, I mean, it depends because, you know, it's not to say that you can't go very deep in a private class with the students. I'm not saying that. It's just that I personally find that in a big class, sometimes it's easier. I, I like it. I also think that just the nature of doing the same thing, like breathing in unison with a big group of people and moving through something together, there's something incredibly powerful about that. And if there wasn't, we'd all just stay at home and watch Jason Crandall on our laptops. Yeah. <laughs> or not. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I haven't, I haven't watched it. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> so, so... Uh, a next question then that comes up for me is I love the way that you talk about your team, that you've been, you know, at the birth of, of your teacher's babies. Phenomenal. What about how do you, how do you sit in the, in the role of leader and friend? For people that I remember I had a, a client who she very much started off as a we're all in this together enterprise and her business grew to a point where there was some choices that she had to make as the leader and suddenly she found herself in an awkward place because she'd never positioned herself as the leader of the company and she didn't want to hurt feelings and it was all a little bit tangled up 
So how do you, you, you obviously really value the family energy of what you've created, but you couldn't grow unless it was a functional team. How do you play leader and friend at the same time? Um, <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, yeah, we can edit that out. <laughs> I think um, probably on an individual basis. I mean, um, I think, I think the thing about, maybe, I don't know, I, I, I don't know, I don't know how, how to answer that fully, but um, one thing that I really think in life to do with, with the more that I've been teaching yoga and, um, and the longer it's been my life, right? Like right now, yoga has been more of my life than before yeah. I started yoga, right? Yeah. So, so as that has really like got deeper and deeper, I kind of have this thing where it's, there's no difference. Like it's not different if I'm the leader or if I'm the friend or if I'm the teacher or if I'm, um, do you know? Like I think I, when I first started teaching, especially because I was very young, I think I thought I have to be very like the teacher authority. I have to know everything. Good luck with that, right? <laughs> Impossible. But I did, you know, really think that was important and tried my best at it too till I realised, well, you know, trying you're either doing it or you're not doing it. Trying doesn't exist. Um, and maybe just like through decades of meditation, it's helped to kind of break through some of those things of of like being different masks. So like taking off the masks. So, mm-hmm. so that that's one thing. Another mm-hmm. thing is probably there are decisions that have to be made. And sometimes... And, I, and in fact, just not that long ago, I had to make a decision that I had to think of it as for like, what was the best decision for the whole studio? You know, I could have made one decision just in like, sort of like future for a friend kind of decision. Yes. Which would be different to doing the one for the whole studio. So, so I guess that's kind of what you're saying is like as a leader, but by, I think if I say it to myself, well, I'm the leader, then I, ha- then that I find for myself that puts a lot of pressure on me because I want it to be so perfect. Whereas if I think, what is the best thing for the whole studio? It's sort of like a bit more of a motherly, because I am a mother, you know, three kids. And um, so, you know, it's sort of like the not having favourites thing. Like I know kids <laughs> want to be the favourite, but <laughs> don't actually really have a favourite because we do love our children unconditionally and in a way that's sort of what I think to aspire to all the time in life. And so when that sort of unconditional mm. aspect helped me to make the right decision for the whole studio. And, and I do trust that when we do that, that even if it may have maybe seemed maybe harder for maybe one person, that maybe in the long run it's better for that person. Because haven't you found that in your life that sometimes you might do something and then, but then later you go, it's actually worked out better. You know, actually I thought, I, it's totally off sub- subject, but I heard this thing on um, Triple J, which I love, on the way um, here this morning. And, um, they were talking about alcoholics. Hmm. And they were talking about, um, yeah, that, you know, I don't know, I haven't watched the show, but there's a show where you can ask whatever questions you want to. Yes, I've heard of this show too. Yeah, yeah interesting I haven't seen it so I don't have TV but I was listening to it and I um and they they were asking um you know they were asking the guy who's a recovering alcoholic in his in his words so that term and um and they were asking like how to help someone who is really in in trouble like really you know with a really bad um drinking problem and he his answer was that consequences are what help 
and which by the way goes kind of back to parenting because as a parent that is true too um, and some you know natural consequences are good ones but often when we're the parent we don't want to give natural we don't want to allow natural consequences because we're always wanting to protect our children mm. do you see what I mean? but yes we, we all develop resilience because of of our experiences rather than having experiences stopped for us which is a lot of what we do in yoga postures right is we keep developing in the experiences and that actually helps us develop resilience and we start to get that thing of like oh this is a good one for me even if before it was like oh, i hate that one like this is painful this one we, we have a new you know how you have that idea yes. from you might you start yoga and downward dog you're like what the fuck is the teacher getting me to hold this for for so long it's so painful <laughs> after a year you're like oh i love this one yeah dog. like even it doesn't mean it's it does get easier of course but you still feel it and you go oh that's what i need right now and so we so we kind of i think we have a little laboratory in our asana like that Mm-hmm. Back to what the guy was saying on the radio, he was saying about consequences being important, and um, and he and he said that that enabling doesn't help. So in other words, um, you know, the one you know, like so, say he he was giving the example of you know, say if it's someone who's um who's drinking a lot, but the you know. Because it was, they were, he was talking about if you, it, he was saying if it's someone who's your child, but you keep giving them money and you keep giving them a place to live, and they cut. Do you see? So yeah. he, what he was saying is, to to not do that, to not enable it, because the consequences that they're having for themselves will help them to not. I'm not saying I agree. I'm not saying that's definitely a hundred percent the facts, but I just found it really interesting. Yeah. Considering that this morning. I, I, I think so too, and I, and I suspect having you know worked done, done this sort of coaching work for a while now, um, a lot of it is actually born from codependency and people pleasing. When I'm thinking about things like you know yoga teachers that will um, re, will let someone show up late repeatedly, or will extend a class pass even though it's expired, or will mm. indulge crappy behavior in the, in the class in you know in the studio because they don't want to upset the person who's doing the wrong thing and i wonder if i mean that's all enabling stuff as well but yeah. but but people want to be nice and so it's that is where it sort of comes undone the the, the parent of the alcoholic child whatever mm. it's where we get into trouble is when we think mm. we should be nice rather than we should be yeah clear yeah clear yeah but i think we yeah. think of it as like either or we're either nice yeah. or we're bitches and yes. maybe it's not being a bitch. <laughs> maybe yeah. it's actually being clear. And in terms of the yamas, you know, like I, because I, obviously I teach all, all that a lot, that, yeah. um, you know, the idea of obviously not being violent to others, but also not allowing others to be violent towards us. Like it, the, the greatest specialties of, of that. I was thinking, actually, I was, I was going to do, thank you, great segue, I don't have to do it, because what I, I was curious to know more about your lineage, and it feels to me from just a little bit of research that I've done and what I know, that it is a lineage of rigour, and which and those sorts of traditions really appeal to me. So can you tell us a little bit, a bit, a little bit more about your teachers? And I love that, let me just read it again, where you said, an unbroken chain that stretches back generations and across continents. It just sounds, like, sounds fantastic. <laughs> Um, well, so my teacher is Alan Finger. Yes. And his father, Manny Finger, was his teacher. And then Manny Finger was taught by um, 
Yogananda. So that's, um, it's funny we're just talking about um, alcohol. That's freaky because um, he, maybe must have got me thinking about it actually because Al's dad used to have um, a drinking problem. And, and when he met Yogananda, it totally changed his life, like completely wow. changed his life. And isn't that amazing, right? And yeah. So, and so then he, he basically turned, because he lived in South Africa, and, and they, turned, um, they turned the house into an ashram. And so they would have all these visiting teachers. Um, so Venkata Sananda and Swami Bharati would come and stay with them. And so, to, and so you know, Krishnamacharya was a teacher of, you know, some of their teachers who um, also Shivananda. And so they, Manny and, his, um, and Al, Al kind of coded together, sort of kind of made a... Um, a system out of all that they learned. So Ishta actually stands for the integrated science of Hatha, Tantra and Ayurveda. So, um, yeah, that's, you know, when I'm saying an unbroken chain, because it's, that's something that I think is really, um, I think there's, that's where there's so much depth, you know, like the meaning of parampara as, as an unbroken chain. And that I think the thing about, not always, but a lot of yoga these days is like people just sort of fritter around from here and there and everywhere. And you know that idea of like, if you want to get to water, you dig one hole and you dig deep. Mm. If you dig 50 million holes, not very hot, you know, not very deep down, mm. you're not going to get anywhere. And I think that's what so many people do. Mm. So just all around. And so, you know, for me, um, I was actually teaching yoga before I met Al. But then when I did, when I, when, when I um, did yoga teach training with him, um, it just like it pulled everything together and made it made sense. And ever since then, I'm just not really like there's so much to go deeper with. That Who needs to go wide? There's enough to go deep. That's what I think. Yeah, because it already is wide. Because yoga already yeah. is wide. Yeah. You know? So um, yeah. So that, that's that's what I I think is very very important. Do you ever feel like we came around a little too late? I wish I was around a little earlier. Surely it would have been more fun. Can you imagine? Like, I mean, I'm very grateful for my teachers now, but I mean, man, sometimes I think, I don't know. <laughs> if you're in the I ocean. wanted to sit with Maharaji. Like, I want to do all of that stuff. It came a bit too late. I must say, that would be cool. But, you know, I feel like that when I sit with Al now. So yeah. I don't, I don't. And, you know, he talks about having to, like, do headstands for an hour and I really don't want to do that. <laughs> I actually think that there have, there have been improvements. And, you know, that thing about, like, we step on the shoulders of our parents, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I think the, the whole the evolution of yoga is that as well. So we yeah. are learned as well. Hearing you talk about it, if I think about my teacher and, and tracing, you know, his path back, um, I feel very grateful to be a part of that. I've had another other conversations in this series we've actually like lineage is almost becoming a dirty word because of the scandals and the it's almost boring now not for the people that suffered of course but to go oh yeah of course he did it as well and that happened over there and you know we had it here in Australia with the Royal Commission and I just yeah it feels I mean it, it makes me so incredibly sad that that mm. people who felt like they had that connection just just don't mm. anymore and I think it's a mistake to say that that's because of lineage. I think that oh, of course, of course. But I think it, I think it pollutes the stream. Yeah, yeah. I think sad part. Yeah, and I think it's 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 uh, that it's the problem with like evil like that is that it really it's it's so tainting and it's 
you know, it's kind of like, you know, how it's so easy for us to, um, you know, to hear one bad thing in a hundred good things, but we go over the bad thing. And yeah. I think a bit like that, you know, like people can, um, we, you know, something taints it and then it's like sort of poison and it's, um, it, it, it's, in, I mean, yeah, I, I, I do think that there can be problems with um, over, over kind of just like believing without having critical thinking about yes, yes. You know, it definitely is a problem and certainly um you know I, I I don't like all that sort of that sort of lineage stuff of kissing the feet I don't I don't think that's well that's not what I think of as lineage myself mm-hmm. uh-huh. but I just to I guess to reflect that it's really heartening to hear someone talk about their teacher and their teacher's teacher and their teacher's teacher with such a fondness and respect because unfortunately it's less common than it used to be to hear that sort of conversation. Yeah. 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 And you know, I, because I've also been teaching for so long, I can really see with the, with people that have been with me for a long time, that the, the depth of yoga in their life is profound because it has been for a long time. So That that's what I that's what's the essence of, of lineage is is not breaking it not you know and I guess even if we do sort of get distracted we come back again I mean really yeah. it's the definition of yoga isn't it to be yeah. free of distraction one of them yeah <laughs> <laughs> so then how so from there I want to go into you have your own. Um, brand of yoga teacher training you've got a faculty that have been through it that you're that you love and they love you how do you take um, in fact, I was having this conversation with a client this morning on Instagram. She uh, has she teaches something that is from a lineage that she's modified and is continuing to modify and make it her own. And we were talking about, well, maybe there will come a point where you can license that product and people can, but but it needs to be more different to become really yours. So what's mm. different from the teacher training that you have and the, um, you know, the, the syllabus and, and everything that you include? How did you, what was the point that, okay, now this is my thing that, I'm, that I've created and I'm sharing? Um, well, actually, because when I moved back to um, Perth um, and my, you know, my students were asking me to teach them teacher training, um, I, I just kind of developed it then. You know, I just developed mm-hmm. it. I used to be a school teacher and so I looked at all of what the requirements for teacher training and... Um, I just kind of developed it from everything that I used in class and everything that I developed to help me to teach. So, Got it. you know, I had an emphasis on teaching methodology. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I guess partly I didn't call it Ishta teacher training because um, I didn't think that, you know, like I, I, because I was teaching by myself, I wasn't part of Ishta, yeah. which was New York. So... That's why I, I, you know, I was just me because I've done that for a long time. um, It's just sort of, it's it's happened that way. I'm actually considering, um, you know, it's something that Al and I have talked about is, is, is shifting it into being an Ishta teacher training. Um, It's just that it's just the logistics of like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you've been involved in teacher trainings, but (laughs) It's way more than anyone gets. All the requirements and the hours and the this and the that and the manuals and um, and I'm and I'm working on writing a book and I teach already every day and I've got 
you know, like heaps of time, heaps of only only three kids. What are you talking about? Your grandchild. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know, I that's why I haven't. That is one of the things I've planned to do. But that that's really what it is. How exciting! Yeah. Wow. Um, there was something else I wanted to tell me what this means. What does it mean to be a mind body visionary? <laughs> what does it's that mean? Not mind body, you know the software. Yeah, system. yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I don't know. They just gave it to me. They said that that you've got this mind visionary award and it's the top thirty percent of. Um, I I think it means I I guess it's got to do with our our turnover. Did you get a monster check, a novelty check with it? No, I. <laughs> that was good though, Amy. Come on, let's get that at me. <laughs> Sounds like you might have. I guess, you know, they, I, I suppose they just have, because they have all the information of all the studios. Yes. Do some kind of ranking and somehow we we're 30% in the world, which I, I was very proud of because we're in this little isolated city so far away. And, you know, we've actually got more yoga per capita in Perth than anywhere. So I taught my first workshop in Perth a month, two months ago, and it was packed and people kept showing up that I didn't even know were coming and they were the loveliest people. And someone said to me, oh, there'd probably be more people here today, but someone else is teaching exactly the same workshop also today in Perth. And mine was full and I'm hoping the other person's was full. You've got a great thing going on over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there, well, there's a lot of yoga and there always has been. And I think it partly started because we're, we're quite close to India, Indian yeah. Ocean between yeah. us. And um, and Iyengar used to come here, so he used to, yeah. Wow. So he used to come to Perth and, and teach, and, and uh, Gita used to come to to Perth. So I, yeah. I, that's my theory of why it's, yeah. it doesn't really make sense. We don't have very big population. I mean, we're a tiny population. So for people that are watching, like what what the hell are you all talking about? So Perth, just for this is going to be. Uh, uh, incredibly reductive but bear with me Perth is like Los Angeles and where I am ish is kind of like what do you reckon like I'm probably in let's just say like DC and except the difference is there's nothing in between <laughs> and on the, on, on the Los Angeles side there is nothing other than a Los Angeles or yeah that's kind of yeah point of, sort of to get a sense of it yeah, I mean, it's closer for us to fly to Bali than it is to fly to Sydney. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we're, uh, Perth's closer to Asia than it is to the other side of Australia. Yeah, and people are like, so what? You know, there's stuff in between. There's not. I mean, there is, but there's also not that much stuff. Red dirt. <laughs> Red dirt. <laughs> All right. Let, um, Amy, stay focused. I knew that this was going to be fun. So um, what would you say for what have been the – now, what would you say to someone who is thinking about, um, I think my next step is to go bigger in some way, whether it's to do my own brand of yoga teacher training or actually like rent my own venue or hire another teacher to teach for me. What have been some of the things that have really helped you in your journey? Mm. Um, well, I think that it's, it's a risk. You don't know how it's going to turn out. So, um, first of all, yeah, I think you have to really be clear on why. Like, why? Why do you want to do it? Is, is it? Um, is it just because you want to make money? Because if it is that you just want to make money, you can probably make money easier ways. <laughs> Honestly, you really can. Yeah. 
Um, so uh, if you're wanting to do it to sort of, um, you know, like, you know, that Harvard study that, you know, that most people, they were studied, like if you ask people what, what will make people happiest now, most people say fame, celebrity and, and fortune. You know that? That's what most Celebrity, really? Yeah, for, fame and fortune. Most people think wow. that they're the things that will lead to happiness and that they did this study in the, in the 1920s, so, so long ago, with this big, big group. So it's this huge longitudinal study. Have you ever heard of it? It's no. Really, it's a fascinating study. And they asked them the same question. And guess what they said? Same thing. They all said the same thing. They thought if they had, if they got money in their life and if they, um, and if they, you know, became well known, that then they would be um, happy. Happy. And so I can I think see that money part would help give you more options that might lead to happiness. But at, I mean, I'm an empath. I can't. Nothing more horrific than the idea of being famous. <laughs> Horrible. Isn't it happy? Can you imagine being chased down the street? <laughs> Horrible. Go on. Yeah. So well, apparently, apparently, this is the co- they're the most common answers, right? And um. So, but but the the thing about the study is that they sh- they they showed that that isn't what helps people to be happy. And they, they actually had presidents and all, you know, it was a huge study. Mm. And what they found is that going back to what we were saying before about mm. community, that that is what actually makes the greatest thing to do with health and happiness. Yes. So our, our relationships with others are, are number one. So in, in, and our, our wider relationships is actually number one. And then our close relationships is number two. And then, you know, eventually diet and exercise and la, 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 you know, and, yes. you know, money and so on but then then I think they're low in the top 10 so so to answer your question mm. I, think that, um, I think that some sometimes people can have that as an unconscious driver that they think that if they get a studio if they have lots of teachers then that then they will be somehow fulfilling that unconscious driver of wanting to get lots of money and fame oh, yeah. you know what I mean yeah what I would say is that that's not true. Yeah. So don't do it for those reasons. Yeah. Do you, do you get me? Like you I want, do. So they're not the reasons to to do it because actually, um, it's it's a massive amount of hard work. It's important to actually uh, have passion. You know, like I, see, I think when people want to do teach training, it's like a burning desire. Like they just can't not do it. You right. know. So, um. If if it feels like that, then then let's talk about it. But if it doesn't, you know, my dad has this thing where he says, um, "Do you want to pay the price?" And I think it's a really good thing to say to ourselves, like, "Do you really want to pay the price of it?" Yeah. You know, the amount of hours that it's going to take. Um, yeah. Because see, if you think of it in terms of money, um, you know, how many hours are involved in you know, do you know? Uh, terrifying and the, and the realities of it. Like you're the one sweeping up the dust and you'll be cleaning the toilets and and yeah. probably not paying yourself for a while. And yeah, all that, all that stuff is real. Yeah. So, um, so don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to talk anyone out of it. Cause I think that yeah. it's, it's really, I mean, for me, it's, it's like, it's a, um, it is a true passion, you know, it really, it, it 
like this is a home to me here. So um, yeah. I was actually, when I was getting ready for this, I was thinking, I'm just making my little nest, you know, like I just make a light little nest around the place. And, um, and so, you know, I, it, to I did this thing, like I just had to do it. Yes, know, that's it, but that's my dharma, isn't it? Like that's like, actually, yeah. my, that's my path out there. I gotta have mm-hmm. to walk it. Yeah, and when I moved back to Perth, my dad, you know, because I've moved back as a single mum with three three kids, and um, my dad and I used to be a school teacher, and my dad oh real job you used to have a real job real job I used to be a special education teacher, and my dad said to me, um, well, Tamil, you know. You could have to go back to teaching. I mean, yoga is fun. It's a, like a good ho- hobby. You can do it on the side, but um, but obviously you're gonna you're gonna have to go back to school teaching. I'm like, there's no way I'm going back. <laughs> like I just knew. Like I just knew I I just wouldn't be happy unless I was teaching yoga full time, right? So so therefore I had to do it. And and so if you've got someone who's saying to you like that, they just have to do it. Then then okay, I'll give you lots of tips. But if, if someone's not quite sure and they're just like, well, I just don't know what else to do. And, right. um, you know, I, I, you know, I was just looking and they've got like 30 people in that class. And so 30 times 20, that's 600 bucks. You know, that's pretty good money. And do you see? You yeah, know, totally. That kind of thing. I, um, but I'm also I like to, I think even what you're saying, it's more than just, I have to share yoga because, you can make great money as a freelancer. You can have a prosperous mm-hmm. business renting church. Like a yoga studio oh, is a whole no. different thing again. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, yeah. my, my partner says to me, you know, it would be more profitable if I did just do that, if I would just yeah. talk in church hall. It's just I know that for myself that is an ultimate. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I, I know what is ultimate, ultimately fulfilling is not, doesn't have a dollar value. So, so that's, you know, yeah. that, that's kind of where I come from in, in it. Yeah. So, so if someone is like that, then, then I can give you like practical tips. <laughs> so know, only yeah. if you fulfill these criteria, are you yeah. allowed to adhere to, or take notes about the following tips. Okay. We've done the disclaimer. <laughs> is there only for the people who are really, really, really go? <laughs> <laughs> but when I'm talking about, I guess I'm talking about, um, and, uh, you know, there will be people that are watching or listening to this who just having you say, my dad said, now you're going to have to go back to your real job. And you said, oh, hell no. Yeah. That is going to be a career for so many people who are listening to this right now. Like that in its, my dad did this. Also, my, my dad's was, so when are you going to stop this and go back to the real job? You know, having a great time and making good money. But when are you going to stop and go back? The you know, dads and partners and friends and people who love us and but worry for us. Yeah, because that's the thing. That's because that's what we we're talking about before about the, ah. the, the shelter. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and I so appreciate that, and I actually know my dad is very proud of me, and I'm re- I'm I'm grateful for that love and support. Yes. It's just that I think that we have to listen to our own voice, and for your people that are talking to you, that's what I would suggest to them. And, and that's what you're modelling, that, that it's not always what might be the most logical choice and definitely not the most obvious choice by the people around us. And if it's true and you have that level of compulsion, then you must do it anyway. Mm. And, you know, the thing also is that often if it's a, if it's a new path, it, it, it's not going to be understood by everybody. They're yeah. not going to know. Yeah. Yeah. 
see, the thing is, the reality is life's always changing anyway. I was actually talking the other day to um, a, a very, um, you know, well, well-regarded lawyer, and he was talking about how many young lawyers are having trouble getting jobs. And, you know, you'd think that that would be a really... Um, because he was saying, you know, now so much is, you know, um, done by AI. Apparently so much now is automated. Oh. So you'd think, like I know when I went to school, that, you know, that was like one of the jobs that, you know, that's like a good career. A good job, yeah. Yeah. So that things change. Yeah, it's true. And, and I personally believe that doing what you love is what is the most thing, because then you're in love in, in your life. I agree. I think that's what it's all about, is about love. Yeah. I actually recommended this to my son when he was um, choosing his subjects for year 11 and 12 and he was finding it really, you know, he was thinking that he should, you know, violent word, we know that's a violent word, that he should choose subjects to do with studying business, but he wasn't, he wasn't so interested in that. And, um, and I just kept saying, choose what you love, do what you love, go, but I probably won't be able to get a job in that. I'm going, just you've got to study what you love you've got to do it for the joy of it and anyway he's just he's just got to he ended up studying um art and photography and um and he's just and he loves social media and he's that's what he studied at university I mean that didn't exist like that's right well that that degree right. didn't exist and he's already got a job straight like he hasn't even finished uni and he's got a full-time job so he's doing full-time uni full-time job in his field and and I think wow how many years ago is that six years ago yeah. that he was deciding and he didn't know that that would happen and that's the same for everybody all the time we don't know what's going to happen but we do know what we love and when we when we choose what we love then we're in love I agree and and as far as taking it back to the business stuff then the business piece actually becomes not effortless but definitely easeful because it's congruent with what what you're in love with Honestly, because then you're like then you're then you're inspired yeah. to talk to someone like you amy and find get tips yeah. like you know people can say give me your tips on how to do this and how to yeah. do that because um because then it's it's like it's all yeah exactly it's all congruent it's all lines up it's all smooth it's all suka <laughs> yeah and i think that to take a lesson from your son's journey um, the same is true in the yoga industry, like owning a studio. Maybe that was like the be a doctor, be a lawyer, be an engineer. And, and actually there are all sorts of emerging yoga careers that go to a YTT, love it, do another one, do another one. And who knows what that might look like in terms of a business. Like if someone had told me 10 years ago, oh, I think you're going to be a yoga business coach, I'd be like, what the hell is that? But yeah. in fact, when you weave together everything that you're in love with, you end up with this thing and you get to make it your livelihood. Yeah, and because you love it, you're yeah. really inspired. So then yeah. when you're working with your clients, you're like really in the spirit, yeah. which then they feel, and it's just like you're, you're actually uplifted by working, by doing your work. Yeah. Like this right. Palmer Yeager, isn't it? Do it's the work for the work. So good. Aren't we lucky that we found, like you're not still a school teacher and I'm still managing a landfill? What the hell? Did you listen to our dads? That was, a, that was my spiritual practice. I'm sure there is some. Um, story in there did you get away from it <laughs> layers or the gooners or something in there the glaciers who knows it's been so fun talking to you let me just check now how can we find so that so people are listening in from all over um there so many people are going to be loving what you've been sharing how can we stalk you stay up to date thinking think about coming on your retreats taking your teacher, teacher trainings where can we find you 
Um, well, uh, at Tamara Yoga is my Instagram, um, on Facebook, Tamara Yoga, and um, my retreats, uh, I've got, I have them in Bali every year and in Margaret River, and, uh, and I just taught one in India this, this year with my, uh, with my friend Mona Anand from Ishta Yoga in New York. That was amazing. Really I to go in two years' time, so um, yeah, that's, hopefully I might see whoever's listening on, on a retreat sometime or yeah I've got teacher trainings um here in here in Perth I have intensive ones as well as two-year ones so yeah hopefully I'll see someone sometime in class so just search for tomorrow <laughs> search for tomorrow yoga you'll find things I also just want to acknowledge you and anyone else who takes retreats to India you're very brave and skillful people that is way that's like a whole other level of complexity Oh, well, see, Mona, Mona's um, dad is, is Indian, was Indian, so she grew up in India. Ah, I got that's local why, India. That's why for me, it was just really, really um, perfect and wonderful. So it was, uh, but I, yeah, again, I think it's good to, to get help. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it would have been quite so seamless if it was just up to me. <laughs> Thanks. It's been so much fun speaking with you, and uh, you've had so like so much wisdom and insight to share, and in a really in a way that's very grounded and pragmatic. So I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks, Amy. Super fun. Feeling inspired, ready to grow your own yoga business? If you're ready to share your yoga with the people who really need what you have to offer, growing your yoga business with more ease, flow, abundance, and support. Check out my six-month yoga business training program, Growing Your Yoga Biz, at amymcdonald.com.au forward slash growing your yoga biz. Use coupon code bizofyoga when you check out for $500 off. Enrollments are open right now. Namaste.